0: Hello and welcome to episode 2 of the Stress Lesson 2020 podcast. My name is Nick Reeves from Alchemy Solutions. I'm a qualified coach and mindfulness teacher and in this short series I'm going to explore how using a more mindful approach can help us to manage stress and build resilience. In this episode we'll be looking specifically at stress and I'll be sharing some of the practical things we can do when we feel under pressure. But first we'll start with a short breathing practice. This is known as the 478 breath, and this version's been adapted from the relaxing breath by Dr. Andrew Weil. It's a very useful technique when we're feeling overwhelmed or anxious, and helps to bring the nervous system back into balance. It tells our brain, it's okay, you're safe. So we're going to follow three simple steps, but I'll explain it first. In step one, breathe in through your nose for a mental count of four. Step two, hold your breath for a count of seven, and step three, breathe out completely through your mouth to a count of eight. Slight pause before going back to step one, and we'll repeat this cycle three times. If you can't manage the breaths to the full count, just go with what you can, but just remember the out breath needs to be twice as long as the in breath. So just a word of caution before we start if you're driving at the moment it's probably best to wait until a little bit later on. So let's just give it a go then. So breathe in, three, four, hold, three, four, five, six, seven. Breathe out, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Pause, Breathe in three four, hold three four five six seven, breathe out three four five six seven eight, pause, breathe in three four, hold three four five six seven breathe out three four five six seven eight brilliant well done you should now be feeling nice and chilled as i mentioned earlier the theme of this episode is stress and how to manage it more effectively but what exactly is stress well stress in the right quantity can be good for us even necessary as it helps us to grow and build resilience. However, if it becomes a regular part of our lifestyle, it can take a huge toll on our body, mind and spirit and we can potentially suffer a whole host of physical, emotional and psychological symptoms. The stress response, often called fight or flight, is a throwback to more primitive times. Imagine, you're out hunting for food and you hear rustling in the trees behind you. You have no idea what it is. It could be a deer or something else that you could kill and eat. Or it could be a bear looking for its own dinner and you could be on the menu. Your thinking goes into hyperdrive. You quickly look for somewhere to hide, to wait until the danger's past. But you've also got your spear ready just in case you have to fight. You wait, watching intently, not moving a muscle. Moments later, two members of an enemy tribe pass within feet of where you're hiding. Your heart starts to pound. You try to hold your breath so as not to make a noise. Your blood pressure rises and energy is released as more and more stress hormones are pumped into your system. You watch and wait, trembling but ready to defend yourself if the need arises. The two tribesmen make their way deeper into the forest. The danger passes. You wait for a few moments and then you run as fast as you can back to the safety of your own village. Slowly but surely everything calms down and returns to normal and you live to hunt another day. The human body hasn't really changed much in thousands of years and our stress response system is much better suited to dealing with the kind of survival threats experienced by early man than it is for the unyielding stresses of modern life. Threats to our survival like escaping from a wild animal or defending ourselves from neighbouring tribes, required a short term physical fight or flight reaction. And this is exactly what our stress response prepares us to do. It sends out powerful hormones that increase our heart rate, blood pressure, oxygen intake, blood sugar and mental focus, while also slowing down or suppressing functions not critical to our immediate survival. Things like digestion, immune function and cellular growth and repair. This channels more energy and oxygen to our muscles and brain to make us more alert and able to run away or defend ourselves. The act of running away or fighting uses that extra energy and oxygen allowing our body to return to normal once we're safe. However, if we think about today's threats, uncompromising workloads and information overload, competitiveness and being driven by relentless targets, bullying, social media pressures, providing for a family, paying the bills, illness, dealing with difficult people or other relationship problems. Think about what's going on now. People having to stay at home, working differently, or not even able to work. Homeschooling, keeping the children entertained. Others in the emergency and other essential services are working long hours in very pressurised conditions. The list goes on and on and on. Few of these involve real physical exertion. Without this outlet, our body can be left primed for action and in sustained stress mode with no physical activity to help rebalance it back to normal. If our daily life is chronically stressful, our stress response ends up being almost constantly switched on. Little bit like an idling car stuck in high gear. Not only does this make it difficult to relax, but our blood sugar, insulin and blood pressure stay elevated, while our digestion, cellular growth and repair functions and immune system stay suppressed for long periods of time. Over time, the consequences of this chronic stress state progress from being mildly disruptive, causing trouble sleeping, indigestion and headaches, to being really detrimental to our health, And we can start to suffer with anxiety, insulin resistance and other blood sugar issues including diabetes, weight gain or loss, heart disease, cancer, vulnerability to minor illnesses like coughs and colds from reduced immune function, stomach and intestinal problems like irritable bowel syndrome, poor nutrient absorption, inflammation and accelerated ageing. So if prolonged or chronic stress can cause real health problems there must be something we can do to help ourselves before things spiral out of control. The most obvious thing to do during stressful times is to take plenty of exercise. The movement will help to mop up those stress hormones and help us to return to a balanced state. In more normal times why not take a brisk walk at lunchtime, go to the gym, take a bike ride, a swim, do some gardening or take the dog for a walk. If you've got one, that is. If not, why not borrow a neighbour's? I'm sure they'd be really grateful. Obviously, some of these things are not so easily done during this time of lockdown and social distancing, but it is vital that we establish some kind of self-care routine. Here are just a few practical things to think about. I've borrowed some of these suggestions from Dr Nicole Lepera, the holistic psychologist. Check her out on YouTube. So number one, it's important that we get enough sleep. This may be difficult but essential during challenging times. Sleep helps to heal the brain and body and helps us to maintain and return to a balanced state. Rapid eye movement, or REM, is part of the sleep cycle that helps us to process information and what's happening to us. If our sleep is erratic, the challenges we face each day may not be dealt with effectively, causing us to stay on high alert, in turn causing our overall well-being and health to be compromised. Try to develop a routine of going to bed at a consistent time. Consider avoiding the use of gadgets and devices at least an hour before bed. Mindfulness practices like the awareness of breath that we learned during the last episode or a short body scan will help to relax you. Number two, try a grounding exercise. If we do become anxious, it's important to use our senses to get physically into the moment. Use the simple 54321 technique. First, identify five things you can actually see. Take a look around you, outside. Look at trees, flowers, the sky, people, for example. Four things that you can hear. Perhaps the birds singing, the wind blowing, the radio playing music in the background, people talking or laughing. Three things you can feel. Perhaps textures on the clothing that we're wearing. Sensations in the body, tingling, numbness, tension, warmth, cold. Two things that you can smell, food cooking or freshly ground coffee. And one thing you can taste, some fruit or everyone's favourite, chocolate. Number three, develop a meditation or mindfulness practice. As we know, our minds are assaulted by thousands of thoughts each and every day, And it's important to recognise that the stories we tell ourselves are not always the true facts of the matter. And it's easy to get carried away and imagine worst case scenarios. A regular meditation or mindfulness practice will help us to separate ourselves from our thoughts and give us a choice of what to act upon and what to just simply let go. Number four, try to eat as healthily as possible. As we've heard, stress and uncertainty can take their toll on the body and we need to ensure that we remain optimally fuelled. Try as much as possible to make good choices as far as food goes. Go for wholesome, nutrient-dense food. And this goes far beyond our five-a-day. As I said earlier, stress, particularly if it's ongoing, can have a negative effect on our digestion. It can actually decimate our microbiome. This is made up of trillions of useful microbes and bacteria, responsible not only for absorbing the nutrients we need, but also enhancing our immunity. And this is something that's going to be vital for each one of us as we finally do come out of lockdown. If you're interested in learning more, a useful starting point is The Clever Guts Diet by Dr Michael Mosley. It's a very readable book and full of interesting information. And while we're talking nutrition, it might be wise to consider not only what we're feeding our bodies with, but also our minds. Difficult to escape the news at the moment, I know, but do seek to balance the diet with some positives. Number five, get some sun. Bit of a challenge this one, depending on the time of the year. But our bodies need vitamin D, preferably from sunlight, as it's vital to maintain our body processes, including brain repair. So get outside as much as possible, particularly when the sun's out. Failing that, consider a good quality vitamin D3 supplement. Remember though, I'm not a doctor, so please do some research first. And lastly, number six, practice some breath work. Feeling under stress is a nervous system response. The autonomic nervous system is made up of two parts, the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. It's responsible for regulating many unconscious processes, including our heart and breathing rate and digestion every minute of every day. When we feel stressed, the sympathetic nervous system acts like the accelerator in a car, triggering that fight or flight response. The parasympathetic nervous system, or rest and digest, is like the brake, bringing us back into balance. Breathwork is a form of manual override. When things are gathering speed, We can use it to slow things down. We tried the 4-7-8 breathing technique earlier, but you can also practice alternate nostril breathing. I'll explain it and then perhaps you can practice it later. So alternate nostril breathing is a basic yoga breathing exercise and involves using the thumb and ring finger of your right hand to alternately block your right and left nostril. Most people like to rest their index and middle fingers on their forehead between the eyebrows. This practice will have an extremely positive effect on your physical, emotional and mental health. It's the perfect exercise for gaining control of runaway thinking, useless mental chatter and an out of control mind. When practicing alternate nostril breathing, start with the exhale. The idea is to empty your lungs and clear the channels completely before drawing in a fresh new stream of breath. So block your right nostril with your right thumb and exhale and inhale one breath through the left nostril and then switch. Block your left nostril with the ring finger of your right hand and exhale and inhale one breath through the right nostril. Block the right nostril with a thumb and exhale and inhale one breath through your left nostril and then switch. Block the left nostril with the ring finger and exhale and inhale one breath through the right nostril. And we continue this for 10 complete rounds, eventually building up to 10 minutes. Both of these practices, the four-seven-eight technique and alternate nostril breathing, are examples of breath work and will tell your brain that you're safe. If you're interested to learn more about breathwork, go onto YouTube where you'll find lots of different techniques. There's also an excellent book by a guy called Dan Brule called Just Breathe. Have a look and give it a go. So that's six different techniques for you to try out. Getting some sleep, a grounding exercise, developing a meditation or mindfulness practice, eating well, getting some sun whenever it's possible, and practicing some breathwork techniques. You may not be comfortable with all of these, but at least give them a try and see what works for you, and put them into your daily routine. We'll end this episode with another really effective mindfulness practice that can be used during stressful times. You know the drill though, if you're listening to this while you're driving, best to practice later. This short meditation is often referred to as a three-step or three-minute breathing space, as it's got three parts and we can spend around a minute on each part. In reality, it could be any length, depending on the situation at the time. During the eight week program, participants are encouraged to practice this meditation three times a day. This builds mindfulness muscles and enables us then to use it whenever it's necessary. So I'd invite you to sit in a comfortable but fairly upright position. Alternatively, this exercise can be carried out either standing or lying down. It may help to close your eyes And just imagine that you have a wide field of awareness, both inside and outside your body. Notice what you're feeling at this moment, both physically and emotionally. What's going on for you? What's up? Do you notice anything about your posture? How it feels? Do you feel any discomfort at this time? Any tension? If so, where is it? Be curious about what thoughts you're aware of going through your mind at this moment in time. Can you place some distance between you and your thoughts? Try and observe them non-judgmentally and in a detached way rather than getting caught up in them. Now gather your attention and settle it on your breathing. Experience fully each in-breath and out-breath as they follow one after the other. Feel the sensations of breath in your body. If your mind is very busy, you might find it helpful to say to yourself, breathing in and breathing out, as you experience the breath or just count the breaths just to encourage the mind to settle and focus. Allow the breath to act as an anchor to bring you into the present moment. And now allow your conscious awareness to expand once again as if you're getting yourself ready to re-engage with the world and hopefully bringing some of the calm you've just experienced into that re-engagement. Become aware of the body as well as the breath. Feel the whole body breathing. Breathe with any sensations you find, especially if there are any challenging sensations. Just allow them, breathe with them, breathe into them and feel the whole body breathing. Just do that for a little while. Then gradually become more aware of the space around you. When you're ready, just open your eyes and bring this short practice to a close. So how was that? Hopefully you feel a little bit calmer now. I'd be interested to hear how you've got on. If you do have any questions or would like more information about an eight-week mindfulness program, please feel free to contact me. Details of my Instagram account and email address will be in the show notes. So next time I'll be looking at resilience, the art of bounce-back ability. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you might like to rate and review it. Hopefully see you next time.